Hello, and welcome to another McKnight's Newsmakers podcast. I'm McKnight's senior editor, Kim Marcellus. Today, I'm coming to you from Houston, where investors, bankers, and skilled nursing owners are gathered for the NIC 2021 Fall Conference. I'm joined by Laka Wong-Hammond, Managing Director and Head of Mergers and Acquisitions at Lument, who oversees business development and management of the firm's sell-side, corporate, and strategic advisory services to owners and operators of healthcare and senior care. Also with us is Brandon Gill, Lumen's Associate Director in Seniors Housing and Healthcare. He's responsible for the firm's Midwest market. Both Locke and Brandon have played a major role in securing financing for the sector during the pandemic and long before it. Good afternoon, Laka. Good afternoon, Brandon. Good afternoon, Kim. Good afternoon, Kim. So let's start by setting the stage a little bit. Uh, we know COVID is still affecting census, and now there are more staff, staffing costs than ever. Do providers still have plenty of access to capital in late 2021? And what if I'm operating at a loss because of associated labor costs, but have a historically strong uh, financial and operating record? Yeah. You know, providers from an MA perspective still have many options. Debt is still at historic low levels, but agency financing is scrutinizing performance with a bigger microscope. Equity capital is plentiful, and larger asset aggregators, such as regional operators or investment funds, can get better debt levels during the bridge to agency period while facility performance improves. That's why we're experiencing buyer underwriting at pre-pandemic levels, often with a premium. So it's definitely a seller's market. However, if you were at this morning's Nick keynote panel with Larry Summers and Paul Krugman, the only certainty is uncertainty. So things can change quickly. You wanna weigh in also, Brandon? Yeah, so, I mean, from a financing perspective, you know, it's certainly more challenging this environment. Um, what we're seeing, though, is, you know, lenders do still want to put capital to work. So they're, they're willing to, you know, lend to uh, facilities, you know, with a good track record. So if you had, if you had a good track record pre-pandemic, you have a strong balance sheet, um, you've got a good pro forma that kind of talks to forward-looking, you know, how are we going to operate, you know, and get past this. I think lenders are willing to kind of work with you and figure out, you know, the appropriate structure to help get financings done. Um, so, I mean, they're, if you've got, you know, the risk mitigants in place, uh, lenders, you know, like I said, are willing to put capital to work. So, you know, some of the levers that we pull on to mitigate risk are lower leverage, more guarantees up front, uh, with a slower burn-off. But you may see, you know, higher reserves just to help them get through um, these challenging times right now. So, you know, overall, while it's, it's difficult, you know, lenders are doing what they can to, to kind of work with each borrower, with each operator, um, to kind of figure out their situation and help them work through, you know, long term, how do we kind of help you guys get through this difficult time? I think we heard a little bit about that yesterday morning in the first session as well about um, the idea of, of census can't be the end all be all because nothing is normal right now. So it sounds like there's been a lot of cooperation. Um, talk about looking forward in terms of mergers and acquisitions. Are you predicting more? And if so, why? Sure. My, my prediction is a, is a um, definitive yes. Uh, I think largely attributable to perhaps four or so reasons. The first being operator fatigue. You know, can't, our, our clients can't wait out any longer. It's quarter after quarter after year. It's just debilitating um, all the challenges that keep getting thrown at them. Second is government funding. It, it will stop. It's just a matter of when and how fast. The third is the white hot prices that are being paid today 
for transactions. They're very enticing. But once interest rates turn, valuation too will taper as interest rates increase. And the fourth is it's an evidence.、Um, all of these themes are evidenced by the strongest deal pipeline that the Lumen M&A Group has ever experienced. And honestly, discussions this week at the Nick Conference、um, is validating this thesis. And what do you think? Yeah. So I mean, we work with you know small clients. We work with very large clients. I think you know as we. Kind of navigate through the Midwest and talk with our clients. We're seeing some of the smaller guys just contemplating, you know, is it worth it to kind of stay in this market? Or you know, we're seeing very high prices out there. Is it, you know, does it make sense for us to maybe work with Laka's group and you know go through the M&A process, see what we'll be able to get for our facility? Like, is this the time to get out? So I think, you know, not everybody's made up their decision. You know, I think people are kind of waiting to see, you know, how does stimulus keep coming in? Is that going to help support us? Is it going to stop? There's a lot of different things that kind of go into play on, you know, their decision to either stick with the facility or end up selling. So I think, you know, it's a case by case basis, but everyone's kind of still figuring it out, still vetting. So I think some of the smaller players,、um, we see a lot more consideration、um, to work with Lockheed Group to just see, you know, does it make sense to get a high price, you know, with capital flowing in. You've got opportunistic money trying to come in and, and buy these smaller shops out、um, and grow.、So. And I think one of the things I've heard, both、uh, for profit and nonprofit, is、uh, just the idea of, of timing. Because if you're struggling and you wait too long, you might take yourself out of those attractive opportunities.、Um, right. yeah. the, other, the other offset to that too is that、um, you know I feel like owner operators the best time to sell is. Either on an upswing when you've experienced bottom,、uh, which is what Brandon was saying, and Kim also observed in the market with smaller operators. But there's a lot of larger operators that are at peak performance, making or being their own budget. So I say to those clients, it's there is so much liquidity out there right now. You should sell when you don't have to sell, because then you can be deliberate about the transaction terms that you're commanding. As well as wait it out to get the best price. And when we talk later in the discussion, you know, it's my view, especially off of、uh, Summers and Krugman's own views、um, of inflation and where rates are and all that. I really don't think this confluence of of capital markets will be better timed than right now. Okay, so turning that around a little bit, what are、uh, are there certain properties or certain characteristics that are really attractive if I'm the buyer rather than the seller? Yeah, it goes back to this is a facilities-based business. So in real estate, it's location, location, location. That can't be changed. While all else, you know, upgrades,、um, changing acuity mix, operator replacement, cost controls. If an asset or a portfolio is well located, it, it matters much less if it's not currently cash flowing or not at peak performance. We see a long line of hungry buyers at the other end, regardless of the situation. Through firsthand experience, I can attribute a premium that a client received recently on a non-cash flowing asset, largely because of its strong market location. And we've received similar type reception for a senior's housing portfolio in the southeast, again because of its markets. 
So Southeast is doing well. Are there any other regions that you would say are performing pretty strongly? I think within every region, um, it's it's when you take a more micro approach, depending on its market dynamics, okay. competitive outlook and all that feeds into the location factor. Well, I find that the yeah. Southeast interesting because uh, as we were discussing before we started, you know, vaccination is an issue in the Southeast and that's a challenge for those operators. So Especially for a tight labor there. market. Yeah. yeah. And, and Brandon, what would you say in terms of uh, those metrics? Yeah, I mean, I think Laka hit it right on the head. Location's a big key, and, you know, people that are looking to, you know, acquire facilities, you know, they look at, okay, where, where are our current facilities? Where, where can we get scale, right? Um, do we know these markets well? You know, what does that market opportunity look like? Um, but, yeah, end of the day, it comes down to location, I think, is, is one of the biggest ones. Okay, so location we can't change. We covered that. Um, no matter where I am, if I want to improve my building and maybe as a tool to, to regrow my census, how can I get that money? Is, is there capability of refinancing for me right now? Yeah, or I mean, other tools? yeah, refinance right now, you know, every client should be considering it right now. Rates are so low. So, you know, there are definitely opportunities to refinance your debt. And if you want uh, to incorporate, incorporate CapEx uh, for improvements, you know, there are definitely tools available to help achieve that. Um, what we see, we do a lot of agency financing business, so we do a lot of HUD financing, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. But you know, with our HUD clients, what we're seeing is, you know, they're they're taking advantage of the interest rate environment. You know, they're you know lowering the interest rate through note modification program, uh, which, as their current lender, we can only do that for them. It's a very quick process, but it helps free up cash flow for them, um, for you know, other uses at the facility. Um, there's another program called the A7 Refinance, uh, which allows you to ex- re-extend your term allows you to increase your mortgage back to the original amount. Um, so, you know, if they pay down a good amount of their loan already, um, you know, say they did the loan six, seven years ago, they pay down quite a bit. They're able to re-up that mortgage amount, incorporate repairs, additions, whatever, into that loan amount. Um, and as long as they're still hitting, you know, certain debt service coverage levels, you know, it's a great program to consider. Um, and it lowers your rate at the same time. So it allows you to... You know, get those capex improvements, improve your facility. You know, which you know may in turn help increase census, attract people to come to the facility, and, and it lowers your rate at the same time, so it frees up cash flow to, to use for other things. Do you find your clients are maybe more willing uh, to consider government options like HUD than they might have been in the past because of some preconceived notions? It HUD's a, a very good program. Um, you have to have a lot of patience, um, but it, it's a you know. The goal of it is to give you permanent financing, long-term, non-recourse, uh, you know, at very good rates, and it's non-recourse. So it's it's one of the best products out there. Um, the challenge with it is sometimes timing. Um, but what we see, you know, clients that are already in HUD, HUD, you know, is willing to work with them, and their priority is to work with the clients that they already have okay. within the HUD program. So our clients that are already in it, we encourage them. Hey, look at this program. You know, yeah, it takes a little bit longer of a time versus traditional bank financing. HUD gives you kind of the best terms you can get out there. Right. So, um, and sometimes since you're it's our, worth the wait, it sometimes it is. Yes, um, and so you can do that with traditional bank financing too. You can, you know, find ways to achieve, you know, capex improvements, refinance, do all that. We like to, for clients that are already within HUD, kind of drive them that route because we think it gives them the best terms. And it's, you know, maybe a couple extra, you know, two three months extra on top of the process. Okay. From a sell side perspective, the best time to sell is when performance is on the upswing and or you don't have to sell. And that's a simple fact because buyers are 
more able to extrapolate that performance into the future and use that to justify the price and the premiums. That is through a pro forma uh, projections model exercise, which we'll assist you on. However, over the course of my 20 plus year career, a common misstep I see sellers make is to overemphasize the need for a turnaround story and deliver that performance before going to market. A more balanced approach to a sale is to also evaluate the current market conditions. Theoretically, the benefit of operating improvements could easily be negated by increased borrowing rates, leading to higher cap rates, lower valuation. For instance, the effective yield on the 10-year uh, Treasury is a negative 1%. Maybe more negative if you believe this morning's keynote while Krugman detailing the real inflation rate to include food, energy, used car, and housing prices, which potentially can be as negative as negative 4% plus. So it really doesn't get better than that. Anyway, rates and inflation are going to be an entirely different topic, which might also justify a follow-up discussion. But what is indisputable at the present is that borrowing rates are very attractive and liquidity is very ample. Putting all the eggs in the operational turnaround basket might not be the best approach for sellers. And to Brandon's point about A7s and note modifications, sellers don't have to wait for that to be baked in before going to market because buyers will happily assume an underlying loan if the leverage levels are good and work on these changes with us post-close. Obviously, every situation is unique, so I invite anyone contemplating a transaction to give me a call. So those two uh, very different takes on it. You know, we can help you stay if you have the right um, vision, I guess, and the right right capital or ability to make that happen, or we can help you see how to get out and, and do it exactly. well. All yeah. right, guys, well. Locke and I work together, so let's have a discussion, right? Let's that's see what right. makes the most sense. Let's see what the client's long-term goals are and go from there. As we discuss, it's a seller's market. It's client's choice. There is no lack of options for them. So. Well, we thank you guys very much, both of you, for providing your insights. And uh, again, for McKnight's, this is Kim Marcellus. Have a great day.